This book, Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library, is recommended for kids ages 10 plus because of the difficulty of some of the problems and puzzles in the book. Welcome to Books Nest, your book recommendation podcast, hosted by me, Sandra Davide. When Kyle Keeley heard that his all-time hero, the famous game maker Mr. Lemoncello, was coming to their shared hometown of Alexandriaville, Ohio, Kyle was ecstatic. He would get to meet his hero and play an amazing game in the brand new library that Mr. Lemoncello was having built where the old one had been taken down 13 years earlier, before Kyle was born. But there was one problem. To play the amazing new game, you had to be one of 12 students to get in. To be one of the 12, you had to write an essay that gets chosen by Mr. Lemoncello himself. But the main problem? Kyle Keeley didn't like school. He definitely didn't like English class, hated reading, and despised writing, especially essays. So, as anyone with a hate of school work would do, he procrastinated. Yep, P-R-O-C-R-A-S-T-I-N-A-T-E-D. Procrastinated. In fact, he forgot about it altogether. But when his teacher told the class she was collecting the essays, he wrote a quick little note. The first thing he could think of. I hope there will be balloons. Does Kyle get chosen? Does he go to the new library? Does he meet his all-time famous genius hero, Mr. Lemoncello? Read the book to find out. That's Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grabenstein. Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grabenstein. Chapter 1. This is how Kyle Keeley got grounded for a week. First, he took a shortcut through his mother's favorite rose bush. Yes, the thorns hurt, but having crashed through the brambles and trampled a few petunias, he had a five-second jump on his oldest brother, Mike. Both Kyle and his big brother knew exactly where to find what they needed to win the game. Inside the house. Kyle had already found the pinecone to complete his outdoors round, and he was pretty sure Mike had snagged his yellow flower. Hey, it was June. Dandelions were everywhere. Give it up, Kyle, shouted Mike as the brothers dashed up the driveway. You don't stand a chance. Mike zoomed past Kyle and headed for the front door, wiping out Kyle's temporary lead. Of course he did. 17-year-old Mike Keeley was a total jock, a high school superstar. Football, basketball, baseball, if it had a ball, Mike Keeley was good at it. Kyle, who was 12, wasn't the star of anything. Kyle's older brother, Curtis, who was 15, was still trapped over in the neighbor's yard dealing with their dog. Curtis was the smartest Keeley. Before his outdoors round, he had pulled away the always unfortunate Your Neighbor's Dog's Toy card. Any dog was basically the same as Los Lose a Turn. As for why the three Keeley brothers were running around their neighborhood on a Sunday afternoon like crazed lunatics, grabbing all sorts of wacky stuff, well, it was their mother's fault. She was the one who had suggested, if you boys are bored, play a board game. So Kyle had gone down to the basement and dug up one of his all-time favorites, Mr. Lemoncello's indoor-outdoor scavenger hunt. It had been a big, huge hit for Mr. Lemoncello, the master game maker. 
Kyle and his brothers had played it so much when they were younger. Mrs. Keeley wrote to Mr. Lemonchell's company for a fresher pack of, blue, uh, of clue cards. The new cards listed all sorts of different bizarre stuff you needed to find, like an adult's droopy underpants, one dirty dish, and a rotten banana peel. At the end of the game, the losers had to put everything back exactly where the items had been found. It was an official rule printed inside the top of the box and made winning the game that much more important. While Curtis was stranded next door, trying to talk the neighbor's Doberman uh, Twinkie out of his favorite tug toy, Kyle and Mike were both searching for the same two items. Because for the final round, all the players were given the same riddle card. That day's riddle, even though it was a card Kyle had never seen before, had been extra easy. Find two coins from 1982 that add up to 30 cents, and one of them cannot be a nickel. Duh, the answer was a quarter and a nickel, because the rule said only one of them could be a nickel. So to win, Kyle had a 1982 quarter and a 1982 ni uh, nickel. Also easy. The dad kept an apple cider jug filled with loose change down in his basement workshop. That's why Kyle and Mike were racing to get there first. Mike bolted through the front door. Kyle grinned. He loved playing games against his big brothers. As the youngest, it was just about the only chance he ever got to beat them fair and square. Board games leveled the playing field. If you need a good roll, uh, you need a good roll of dice, a lucky draw of the cards, and some smarts. But if things went your way and you gave it your all, anyone could win. Especially today, since Mike had blown his lead by choosing the standard route down to the basement. He'd go through the front door, tear to the back of the house, bound down the steps, and then run into their dad's workshop. Kyle, on the other hand, would take a shortcut. He hopped over a couple of boxy shrubs and kicked open the low-to-the-ground casement window. He, heard, uh, he heard something crackle when his tennis shoe hit the window pane, but he couldn't worry about it. He had to beat his big brother. He crawled through the narrow opening, dropped to the floor and scrambled over to the workbench where he found the jug, jumped out, uh, dumped out the coins, and started sifting through the sea of pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters. Score! Kyle quickly uncovered a 1982 nickel. He tucked it in his shirt pocket and sent pennies, nickels, and dimes skidding across the floor as he concentrated on the quarters. 2010, 2003, 1986. Come on, come on, he muttered. The workshop door swung open. What the? Mike was surprised to see that Kyle had beaten him to the coin jar. Mike fell to his knees and started searching for his own coins, just as Kyle shouted, got it, and plucked a 1982 quarter out of the pile. What about the nickel? demanded Mike. Kyle pulled it out of his shirt pocket. You went through the window? said a voice from outside. It was Curtis, kneeling in the flower beds. Yeah, said Kyle. I was going to do that. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I can't believe you won, moaned Mike, who wasn't used to losing anything. Well, said Kyle, standing up and strutting a little, believe it, brother, because now you, ha you two losers have to put all the junk back. I am not taking this back to Twinkie, said Curtis. He held up a very slimy, not knotted rope. Oh, yes, you are, said Kyle, because you lost. Oh, sure, you thought about using the window. Um, Kyle, mumbled Curtis, you might want to shut up. What? Come on, Curtis, don't be such a sore loser. Just because I was the one who took the shortcut and kicked open the window and- You did this, Kyle? A new face appeared in the window. Their dad's. <laughs> Chuckled Mike behind Kyle. You broke the glass? Their father sounded ticked off. Well, guess who's gonna have to pay to get, have this window replaced? That's why Kyle Keeley had 50 cents deducted from his allowance for the rest of the year. And got grounded for a week.
Chapter 2. Halfway across town, Dr. Yanina Zinchenko, the world-famous librarian, was walking briskly through the cavernous building that was only days away from its gala grand opening. Alexandriaville's new public library had been under, uh, under construction for five years. All work had been done with the utmost secrecy under the tightest possible security. One crew did the exterior renovations on what had been or once been the small Ohio City's most magnificent building, the Goldleaf Bank. Other crews, carpenters, masons, electricians, and plumbers worked on the interior. No single construction crew stayed on the job longer than six weeks. No crew knew what any of the other crews had done or would be doing. And when all those crews were finished, several super secret covert crews, highly paid workers who would deny ever having been near the library, Alexandriaville, or the state of Ohio, stealthily applied the final touches. Dr. Zinchenko had been supervising the project for her employer, a very eccentric, some would say loony, billionaire. Only she knew all the marvels and wonders in the, uh, the incredible new library would hold and hide within its walls. Dr. Zinchenko was a tall woman with blazing red hair. She, took, uh, she wore an expensive, custom-tailored business suit, jazzy high-heeled shoes, a Bluetooth earpiece, and glasses with thick red frames. Heels clicking on the marble floor, fingers tapping on the glass of her very advanced tablet computer, Dr. Zinchenko strode past the control center's red door, under an arch, and into the breathtakingly large circular reading room beneath the library's three-story tall rotunda. The bank building, which provided the shell for the new library, had been built in 1931. With towering Corinthian columns, an arched entryway, lots of fancy trim, and a mammoth sh shimmering gold dome, the building looked like it belonged next door to the triumphant memorials in Washington, D.C., not on the small Ohio town's quaint streets. Dr. Zinchenko paused to stare up at the library's most stunning visual effect, the Wonder Dome. Ten wedge-shaped, high-definition video screens, as brilliant as those in Times Square, lined the underbelly of the dome like so many orange slices. Each screen could operate independently or as a part of a spectacular whole. The Wonder Dome could become the constellations of the night sky, a flight through the clouds that made viewers below sense that the whole building had somehow lifted off the ground, or in Dewey Decimal Mode, ten sections depicting vibrant and constantly changing images associated with each category in the library cataloging system. Pardon my terrible Russian accent as I tried to read this, um, so yes. Uh <laughs> I have the final numbers for the fourth sec uh, sector of the Wonder Dome in Dewey mode, Dr. Zinchenko said into her Bluetooth earpiece. 364.1092. She carefully over enunciated each word to make certain the video artist knew what specific numbers should occasionally drift across the fourth wedge amid the swirling social sciences montage featuring a floating judge's gavel a tumbling teacher's apple and a gentle snowfall of holiday icons the numbers however should not appear until 11 a.m sunday is that clear yes dr zinchenko replied the tiny voice in her ear next Z uh, dr zinchenko 
studied the holographic statues projected into black crepe-lined recesses cut into the massive stone piers that supported the arched windows from which the Wonder Dome arose. Why are Shakespeare and Dickens still here? They're not on the list for opening night. Sorry, replied the library's director of holographic imagery, who is also on the conference call. I'll fix it. Thank you. Exiting the rotunda, the librarian entered the children's room. It was dim, with only a few work lights glowing, but Dr. Zinchenko had memorized the layout of the miniature tables and was able to march, without bumping her shins, to the story corner for a final check on her recently installed geese. The flock of six auto-animatronic -anima goslings, fluffy robots with pink, uh, with pin-pon-ish eyeballs created for the new library by Imagineers who work, used to work at Disney World, stood perched atop an angled bookcase in the corner. Mother Goose, in her bonnet and granny glasses, was frozen in the center. This is Library One, said Dr. Zinchenko, loud enough for the microphone suddenly in the ceiling to pick up her voice. Initiate story time sequence. The geese sprang to mechanical life. Nursery rhyme. The geese honked out Baba Black Sheep in six-part harmony. Treasure Island. The birds yo-ho-hoed their way through 15 men on a dead man's chest. Dr. Zinchenko clapped her hands. The rollicking geese stopped singing and swaying. One more, she said. Squinting, she saw a book sitting on a nearby table. Walter the Farting Dog. The six geese spun around and farted, their tail feathers flipping up in sync with the noisy blasts. Excellent. End story time. The geese slumped back into their sweet mode. Dr. Zinchenko made one more tick on her computer tablet. Her final punch list was growing shorter and shorter, which was a very good thing. The library's grand opening was set for Friday night. Dr. Z and her army of associates had only, uh, had only a few days left to smooth out any kinks the library's complex operating system had. Suddenly, Dr. Zinchenko heard a loud, rumbling growl. Turning around, she was eyeball to icy blue eyeball with a very rare white tiger. Dr. Zinchenko sighed and touched her Bluetooth earpiece. Miss G, this is Dr. Z. What is our white Bengal tiger doing in the children's department? I see. Apparently, there was a slight misunderstanding. We do not want him permanently positioned near the jungle book. Check the call number. 59.757, right? He should be in the zoology. Yes, please. Right away. Thank you, Missy. And like a vanishing and like a vanishing mirage, the tiger disappeared. So I think that it's um, that it's appropriate eight uh, ages eight plus, but I rate it ten plus on the episode because um, I don't want like young uh, like it's just kind of the puzzles are hard, um, <laughs> but it's really fun to read through. Um, and Mr. Lemoncello is kind of like that. Uh, he, he's like the I don't know how to describe it, but he's kind of goofy, um, and he loves to make up words a lot. Uh, kind of reminds me of my grandpa, honestly. Um, and but he like Mr. Lomoncello is um, 
is just kind of like this guy that loves to be around kids and loves to make puzzles and games for them and is really good at it um and he makes up a lot of funny words and stuff along the way and some of those words i'm not gonna lie even i have trouble pronouncing uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of uh it's like the only reason why i rate it 10 plus instead of 8 plus um, is because of just kind of like the reading level dif uh, difficulty and some of the puzzles are a little tricky to understand and once you get in the rhythm of solving the puzzles like it's it's really easy um except for like the bonus puzzles at the end of the book um but any of the puzzle, uh, but like any of the puzzles like actually in the story and not just at the very end as just kind of like the extra bonus puzzle, uh, those are pretty easy. Um, it's just kind of the, the, like the reading difficulty and the bonus puzzle difficulty that's, um, that's kind of hard and that's why I rate it 10 plus instead of 8 plus. Um, so yeah, but if you want to hear a little bit about the bonus puzzle um the first book's bonus puzzle says have you solved the extra puzzle mentioned in the author oh wait in the author's note it says is the game really over maybe not there is one more puzzle in the book that wasn't in the story although a clue about how to find it was if you figure out the solution let me know send an email to author at chrisgrabenstein.com um so yeah so you can like just kind of like send in the answers and stuff about the different bonus clues um i sent in mine for the first book never got a response um but <laughs> i sent in the one for my first book and i um and i didn't send in my answers for the other ones because like i said i never got a chance to actually solve them um but uh after the author's note and acknowledgments and such um it says bonus clue have you solved the extra puzzle mentioned in the author's note the one that was in the book but wasn't in the story here's a hint of course you have to solve this puzzle to get it and so it has a puzzle at, uh, that you can solve um after that that gives you the hint um so i would have to um <laughs> i would have to go back and resolve that puzzle because i can't remember the answer to it um but <laughs> yeah so uh yes uh it's it's a really fun book to read and i re highly recommend it for everyone uh so yeah that's uh escape from mr lemoncello's library by chris grabenstein um recommended for just about anyone who loves puzzles and games and reading so yeah also you have to um you kind of have to know some just basic background knowledge about books especially classics um to be able to understand certain parts of the puzzles not too much if you don't know it's totally fine but um i i do suggest um books like um uh it, it kind of has like a a list at the end after the bonus clue of the different books um that are mentioned in the book uh so um there's um there's all of a kind family by sydney taylor the all-american heritage dictionary of idioms anna to the infinite power by mildred ames 
Anne of Avalonia by Lucy Maud Montgomery. I've read that one. Uh, Anne of Green Gables. I've read that one too. Actually, I haven't read, read Anne of Avalonia. I've only read Anne of Green Gables, but still, um, amazing book. Um, Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. Baby's Mother Goose, Patty Cake, uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoyevsky, (laughs) Uh, The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, That is is a poem, not a book, but uh, I, I have not read it, but I've read some of Edgar Allan Poe's other works. Not my favorite, not a huge fan of horror, but um, but yeah, I, I I know that he he's a brilliant writer. Just don't love the topics he discusses. Um, the Cat and the Hat by Dr. Seuss, always a favorite. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl, amazing book. Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, haven't re- by Roald Dahl. Uh, I haven't read that. It's a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and even though I haven't read that one. Um, they kind of combine Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and, and the Great Glass Elevator in the Netflix, I think it's Netflix movie, um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know why they changed the name. They just did. But uh, yeah, they kind of encapsulate both of those stories into one movie. Um, I know the gist of Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. I just haven't read it myself. Um, Coming Up for Air by George Orwell. The Complete Sherlock Holmes series by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I have not read that, but I've heard it's amazing and my dad loves that series. Um, Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoyevsky. Cupcakes, Cookies, and Pie, Oh My by Karen Tack and Alan Richardson. Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. Uh, The Egypt Game by Zilpha Keatley Snyder. Eight Cousins by Louisa May Alcott. I haven't read that book, but I've read... um, uh, um, Little Women and I've started Joe's Boys but that I think is like the third or fourth book in the Little Women series uh, not the, f- the second book so that kind of like twisted it up and I gotta read the second and third books before I go back to Joy's, uh, Joe's Boys but uh, yeah but Louisa May Alcott is an amazing author um, The Elevator Family by Douglas Evans The Eleventh Hour A Curious Mystery by Graeme Bass even the Stars Look Lonesome by Maya Angelou. I haven't read any of her works, but I know that Maya Angelou is a fantastic author. Um, Falling Up by Shel Silverstein. Haven't read that one, but I have read Where the Sidewalk Ends and A Light in the Attic. Um, from the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler by E.L. Konigsberg. That's an amazing one that I plan to read on one of my next upcoming episodes. Um, the Giver by Lois Lori. Uh, haven't read that one, but I've read, uh, I think it's like, uh, Give Me the Stars or something like that. Uh, it's, it's by, her, um, Lois Lowry, too. It's about a girl in World War II. They'll also probably be on a future episode. Uh, Good Night Moon by Margaret Wise Brown, favorite kids book. Uh, Great Day for Up by Dr. Seuss. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling. Um, I've read the uh, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Um, I have uh, I've read both of those books. Um, I am on the sixth Harry Potter book right now. Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain read part of that. The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins read the whole Hunger Games series. Probably could do an episode like three episodes for each of those books. I love it so much, and there there are a lot in those books. Um, 
If I Grow Up by Todd Strasser. I Love You, Stinky Face by Lisa McCourt. I haven't read that, but I know that my brother has read that and he kind of likes it. It's one of those like picture book. It's, it's a picture book. Um, Incident at Hawks Hill by Alan W. Eckert. In the Pocket, Johnny Unitas and Me by Life Leonetti. The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. I haven't read The Jungle Book, but I've seen um, the live action movie, not the cartoon, just the live action. Uh, the King James Bible. Um, not have not read that version, but I have read the New International Version. Um, Little House on the Prairie by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, read that. Uh, Look Home, uh, Homeward Angel by Thomas Wolfe. Look I Made a Hat by Stephen Sodom. Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien. I haven't read it. Started the first book, but didn't get through it. But, um, but I did see the movies. Movies were amazing, which must mean that the books were even better. Um, the Mask of the Red Death by Edgar Allan Poe. Once again, haven't read it, but I've read some of his other works. The Mouse Trap by Agatha Christie. Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. The Murders in the Rue Morgue by Edgar, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Nancy Drew, The Mystery at Lilac Inn by Carolyn Keene. The Napping House by Audrey Wood. Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger. No David by David Shannon. Love that book. It's a picture book, but it's so funny. Uh, my family loves the No David books. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Um, Olivia by Ian Falconer. Uh, one Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish by Dr. Seuss. Also love that one. Uh, Popular Science Monthly magazine. Haven't read that. Uh, the Purloined Letter by Alan, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. The Red Pyramid by Rick Riordan. I haven't read that one. Um, I haven't read any of Rick Riordan's books, but my sister loves the Percy Jackson series and all of the stories that kind of encompass that Greek mythology thing. Scat by Carl Hyacin. Six Days, uh, Six Days of the Condor by James Grady. Tales of the Fourth Grade Nothing by Judy Bloom. I don't think I've read that, but I have read definitely Beatrice and... Uh, Beezus and Ramona or something like that. Uh, also by Judy Bloom. Uh, Ten Little Indians by Agatha Christie. This Isn't What It Looks Like by Pseudonymous Bosk. Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Haven't read that. Um, Time Magazine. Also haven't read that. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Turtle in Paradise by Jennifer L. Uh, Jennifer L. Uh, L. Holm. Haven't read that, but I've read some of her other works. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back by Long, uh, Ron Luciato and David Fisher. Uh, excuse me. Unreal by Paul Jennings. Up from Slavery by Booker T. Washington. Also haven't read that, but I've read some of his other works, mostly in history class, but it, it's amazing. Um, Walter the Farting Dog by William Kotzwinkel and, Jen, uh, and Glenn Murray. Haven't read that, but sounds like something that my sister would like to read. <laughs> the Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. When You Reach Me by Rebecca Steed. Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. As I mentioned earlier, read that. Um, A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langle. Also amazing. Um, the Yak Who Yelled Yuck by Carol Pugliano Martin. Also haven't um, read that Uh but uh, I think my siblings have read that. I'm not sure. It sounds familiar. Um, and then there's books sprinkled into Mr. Lemoncello's dialogue and such, um, which I'm not going to read because it's an even longer list. Um, 
but yes uh so yeah and then there's um like a whole like extra section at the back trust me like a quarter of the book you might pick up the book and you might be like this looks like a big book but a quarter of it is like is just simply like the extras at the end um and it does have like 60 plus chapters in it but it's it's really not all that long um when you actually try to read it because it's it's like two pages per chapter i'm not even kidding it's it's kind of ridiculous how little pages are in between each chapter mark but um yeah but there that is escape from mr lemoncello's library by chris grabenstein and i hope you like it Once again, this is Sandra DeVide. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Books Nest. I'm so excited to see, to see you next week. And um, yeah, if you have any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, you can either go to our website, readyforbooks.weebly.com. That's readyforbooks.weebly.com. Or you can go and email me. Um, at sandra.booksnest at gmail.com. That's sandra.booksnest at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.